Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Ah, yes it is. And YouTube has censored Senator Rand Paul. Why? He dared to question if cloth masks work. And that's enough to get him taken down. Why not Zeke Emanuel and Michael Osterholm, who basically all both said the same thing. Good afternoon and welcome to the Afternoon Update Podcast. How are you today? Busy day, lots of news breaking, so it's good you're here because we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, so first of all, let me begin with this. This is Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel. He, uh, he of course, is Rom's brother, and he thinks that you should die at 75. He Really, he doesn't think you should live beyond 75. So whatever this guy says, I think you should just throw it out anyway. But uh, li- listen listen to his take on, on masks, okay? This is important now. Here we go. Dr. Emanuel, what about masking in general? Some experts are saying that cloth masks give you only 20% protection. Um, those surgical masks are 40%. Should everybody be wearing uh, KN95s? Well, I recommend wearing an N95 mask. You can get them foldable. You can get them like in the screen, a cup version. Uh, You can get them in the duckbill version. And they really do make a difference. They're not very expensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're reusable. Uh, And if you're going inside. Got it? Because cloth masks don't work. That's what we've been saying. You know, wearing gaiters or just simple cloth masks are not good enough. And getting N95. Is good. It's also important to make sure you're getting an N95. Have we not been saying this for a year? Approved. There are lots of fakes out there. About 60% of the KN95s appear to be counterfeit. Um, and a yeah, lot no of kidding. them not made to uh, the high standards of 95%. This guy action. thinks you should only but live with 75. I totally agree with you, Andrea, that we do need to up our So game. I don't know it's if you should listen to me. It's proper masking, including the nose, and it's masking with a good mask, See? like an N95. So Rand Paul came out and said cloth masks don't work, and they censored him from YouTube. They censored him. Why? Because he said the cloth masks don't work? He said the exact same thing that knucklehead just said. In fact, I'll play you. This is Dr. Michael Osterholm, who was on CNN. 
Listen to what he said about masks. That's Michael Osterholm. He's director at the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. Good to have you with us this morning. Thank you. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping, Mike, you can help us clear something up. So last week on CNN, you said, and I'm quoting you here, many of the face cloth coverings people wear are not effective, and you encouraged N95 masks as the best option. As you've likely heard by now, Senator Rand Paul was just uh, suspended from YouTube for saying that cloth masks don't work. The CDC still recommends a two-ply breathable cloth mask worn well as an effective option to stop the spread. So I think you can understand how confusing this is for people. So what's the real story on masks? What works, what doesn't, especially for kids in schools? Well, in fact, it is confusing for the public. I understand why, because in this business today, you cannot nuance anything. It's either left or right, or it's either blue or red. It's either yes or no. Well, And in fact, science isn't that way. A year ago last April, we put out a statement from our center, as well as uh, others being involved with it, that basically pointed out that this virus is an aerosol. It's transmitted in the air, just like we see with cigarette smoke. If you're in a room and you have a covering on your face and you can smell the smoke, then you know you're also getting virus in there if, in fact, you had an infected person in there. Thank you. We know that face cloth coverings can reduce the amount of virus that you may inhale, but to be fully protected in the way that we believe, with, particularly with this variant that we have today, Delta, you need to have the kind of protection that comes with an N95 or a KN95 for kids, which are available in, in children's sizes. And just it, putting something over your face in of itself doesn't protect you. Now, that doesn't give anybody license to take my statement and say masking doesn't work. It's what you have to do is use effective masking, and we have done a poor job of communicating that, and I think CDC is, is in part responsible for that. They, for many months, mm -hmm. did not come to the mm -hmm. point of realizing mm -hmm. that aerosols were a very important part of the transmission, and as such, their messaging has portrayed that, and we need to let people know that's not the case. See, an aerosolized virus, and I told you about this. I told you that that was the big breakthrough, that this virus was aerosolized in the air, airborne, and not droplets. And so the masks don't work. But we actually knew this back in February of 2020 when Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, remember you always have to say that, sent an email to Sylvia Burwell saying the masks you're going to buy in the store don't work. We knew this. We knew this then. We know this now. So why is Senator Rand Paul being suspended? This is what he said. This is the second video he put, which he transferred over to a site called Rumble, uh, which doesn't censor people for saying things. Uh, selectively censoring, of course, as YouTube does, which, as the senator said, is really an arm of the government. Recently, I shared a video on my YouTube page. It was an interview between myself and a journalist where we discussed a variety of topics, including the science behind wearing masks. Apparently, because I dared to contradict Dr. Fauci and the government, YouTube has removed my video. If you want to see the video, it's up on rumble.com. Rumble.com does not censor the news. YouTube said the video violated their policy because of my comments on masks and that they don't allow videos that contradict government's guidance on COVID. YouTube may be a private entity, but they're acting like an arm of the government, censoring those who present an alternative view to the science deniers in Washington. People like Dr. Fauci, who have lied to the American people time and time again about masks. Here's the thing. What I said in that video is actual science. Most of the masks you get over the counter don't work. They don't prevent infection. Saying cloth masks work when they don't actually risks lives, as someone may choose to care for a loved one with COVID while only wearing a cloth mask. Bingo. This is not only bad Bingo. advice, 
but also potentially deadly misinformation. What I said in the interview that YouTube censored is the truth. It's fact. If you want to hear exactly what I said, go ahead and check out the video. On now, my- listen, you have to realize, too, that the other point that was made very early on in the pandemic regarding masks was giving people a false sense of confidence. You remember that? A false sense of confidence. That was the other issue that people were worried about by recommending masks was that people were going to have a false sense of safety and security by wearing one. Now, obviously, if you're wearing an N95 mask, you're good. That's what Dr. Rand Paul is saying, what Dr. Michael Osterholm is saying, and what Dr. Zeke Emanuel are saying. So explain to me this. Knowing that these Fugazi masks don't work, knowing that the cloth masks don't work, can you tell me why Philadelphia just announced new masking rules effective at midnight tonight, where everybody now has to start wearing masks unless the place requires vaccination? So this is the dirty little stunt that the city of brotherly love has just put in place. Listen to this. Unless a place requires proof of vaccination, everybody has to be masked up. Now, it's not enough for them to 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 just simply, as you walk in, go, hey, you're vaccinated or not? No, they have to require proof of vaccination. Otherwise, if they don't designate themselves as a business that requires proof of vaccination in order for you to get in, everybody has to wear a mask. You see what they're doing here? They're trying to pressure businesses, trying to pressure every business now to basically create a vaccination mandate. It's outrageous. It's outrageous what they're doing here. And it's and, and, and as the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association put it, this is an unfair burden on restaurants. It's not fair. This means everyone in Philadelphia must wear a mask when going into any business or institution, with an exception for those that require vaccinations. Restaurants and bars will need to require masks for all staff and customers, except when people are seated and actively eating and drinking. So now, unless a place designates himself as a place now that is, in fact, a vaccination-required place, everybody's got to mask up. So the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association issued a statement. They said, the, the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association supports the goal of a vaccinated and safe work environment for all. However, mitigation efforts should not put business owners and operators in a position to choose between a fully vaccinated staff and customer base or masks for all. This puts an unfair burden of verification on employees with no time to train or implement protocols. Over this past year, restaurant workers have suffered severe backlash when enforcing those rules. And by the way, I agree. I mean, this is not fair. And you announce it and it takes place tonight at midnight. And Mayor Kenny makes the announcement and doesn't give them any time to prepare, train their staff, make announcements, nothing. Now, I was planning on going to the Eagles game tomorrow night. And I don't know if I'm going to go now because the Eagles now at the, at the link, everybody now has to wear a mask. So the Eagles put out a statement shortly after that saying the city of Philadelphia announced earlier today an indoor mask mandate throughout the city, regardless of vaccination status. In accordance with the mandate, the Philadelphia Eagles have updated their health and safety protocols. All stadium guests and staff will be required to wear a mask when visiting indoor spaces at the link. Fans are not required to wear a mask outdoors. The whole stadium is pretty much outdoors, except for the suites, of course, in the interior uh, uh, corridors, the interior where you can go to get food and stuff. Uh, bathrooms, individuals who are not fully vaccinated are strongly encouraged to wear a mask at all times. Blah, 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 blah. This is stupid. All this is doing now is just trying to force vaccine mandates. They're trying to make places put a vaccine mandate in place. And I don't like when the government plays these little games. It's not fair. And you know what? I've had it with these people who don't give a damn about individual freedom. I don't understand. 
the vaccines are supposed to be good. They're supposed to be effective. So if I'm vaccinated, what am I worried about? What am I worried about now? I keep hearing I got a 99% chance that I'll live if I get COVID if I'm vaccinated. I got a 95% chance I won't be hospitalized if I get COVID. So why do I have to wear a mask if I'm vaccinated? Why? Why, why, why? And Fauci, this guy, this totalitarian, and he really is a totalitarian. This is what he said on Morning Joe this morning. Listen to the, oh, this makes me so mad. Do you agree with Randy Weingarten, the head of the largest teachers union in the country, who came out yesterday and said, yes, teachers should be vaccinated inside schools? Do you think they should be mandated to be vaccinated? Yeah, I'm going to upset some people on this, but I think we should. I mean, we are in a critical situation now. We've had 615,000 plus deaths, and we are in a major surge now as we're going into the fall, into the school season. This is very serious business. You would wish that people would see why it's so important to get vaccinated. But you're not going to get mandates centrally from the federal government. But when you're talking about local mandates, mandates for schools, for teachers, for universities, for colleges, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I know people must like to have their individual freedom and not be told to do something But I think we're in such a serious situation now that under certain circumstances, mandates should be done. What else can the government do to you when they have a serious situation? I'm curious. What what, what other serious situations can occur where the government takes away your individual freedom? I mean, a pandemic, sure. Yeah, you lose your individual freedom. It's a serious situation. War, yeah, absolutely. You lose your individual freedom. No freedom of speech, no freedom of the press. This is what totalitarians do. You know, during World War I, if you criticize the war effort under Woodrow Wilson, that progressive uh, titan, uh, that was a crime. Yeah, if the press wrote something negative about the war effort, if you spoke out against it, the Sedition Act. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if there's lot, lots of things that are serious, so you should lose your individual freedom. Isn't that how the government justified spying on you? Because terrorism is so, so serious. Don't whine about the government reading your emails, listening to your phone calls, gathering all that metadata. Hey, this is serious. We're in such a serious situation. Forget the Bill of Rights. Leave it alone. I don't remember that clause in the uh, Constitution, do you, that says, unless it's serious, then all this doesn't matter. That's, I guess, uh, is that like like a little asterisk in the Bill of Rights? Hey, if if the S hits the fan, then this, this all doesn't matter. This is all, this only applies. It's like the Bill of Rights. Like there's a little bit of a clause. It says, this only applies if things are good. The minute, though, the S hits the fan, all this stuff goes out the window. I know people like to have their individual freedom and not be told to do something, but I think we're in such a serious situation now that under certain circumstances, mandates should be done. You know, you know after 9-11, they had something called the no-fly list, which ironically enough, the left wants to bring back now to say that people who are not vaccinated should be put on a no-fly list. So after 9-11, they came up with this ridiculous no-fly list. So anybody, you just get put on it without any due process. You didn't even get notified in most cases. The government, you just go to the airport with your family and find out you're on a no-fly list. Now, in many cases, they were trying to keep off potential terrorists, but pretty much anybody who was Muslim was put on there without any due process. And then people were put on there by mistake. And there was no way to get yourself off it. And you, you like you'd be going to the airport with your family, going to Disney World, and all of a sudden you find out you're on the no-fly list. And oh, sorry, should have told you, but the, the the government didn't have to tell you. And it was outrageous that they did this. But hey, serious situation, serious times. Don't worry about your individual freedom. 
I mean, drones. Why not have drones fly around and monitor us at all times? There's crime going on in cities. Why not have drones just fly over cities and just monitor citizens and have drones shoot people and kill them right in the streets? Really, the minute somebody pulls a gun out, have the drone kill them. Just end it. You'll end crime in America in a heartbeat. We have the drones. We were using them in uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq and Pakistan. So bring them back. I'm sure they're not. They, we don't need them anymore. Apparently, since we're leaving Afghanistan, bring them back. Use them on our city streets. Why not? Hey, look. You. These are serious times. We we have hundreds of people a night in this country getting shot. Bring the drones back. The minute somebody pulls out a gun. Pop them. I know people like to have their individual freedom and liberty, but these are serious times. You know, ironically enough, what I'm saying is, a, of course, a huge exaggeration. But let me, let me bring up one of my favorite Marvel movies, of course, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. So, you know, in that movie, they that was actually a plot where they were going to have these three uh, helijet things, and they were going to go up in the sky, and they were going to basically shoot everybody who was an enemy of the state in the name of freedom and liberty. And we're going to kill anybody who was a potential threat to the state. Do you realize that we have a bill of rights and we have restraints against the government precisely for when we're in serious situations? That's literally why we have it. We have the bill of rights and all these restraints against our government for when we're in serious situations, not for the good times, not for the times of unicorn and candy. No, we don't need it then. It's like the First Amendment. We literally, we have it so that we can protect speech that we don't like, that the government doesn't like, not speech that the government likes. What do you need a First Amendment for if the government likes it? If the government's like, yay, we love that. Why would you need a First Amendment? What, what do you need a freedom of the press for if the press is writing things that the government likes all the time? You don't need a freedom of the press. You, you have state, that's state media right there, which is basically what we have. But this Fauci, and this is how totalitarians think. They think that in times of trouble, your rights are optional. That you, Because the rights are given to you by government, so government can suspend them and take them away. And then force them to inject things in your body. Look, I am 100% opposed to forced vaccinations. They don't, first of all, it doesn't work. From a morale point of view, it doesn't work. Secondly, you're always going to create a black market. Whenever there's a mandate for anything, you will create a black market for something. Reason.com, J.D. Ticcilli writing today, a black market in COVID-19 vaccination cards was inevitable. Mandates instead of incentives was always going to drive people away. And sure enough, because you've got vaccine passports and you're mandating things right now, the FBI has, has called out active markets in forged cards and arrested vendors of the documents. And, and, and there's a, it's a federal offense, obviously, to, to use a Fugazi vaccination card, not stopping people from doing it. Not stopping it. People are doing it anyway. So uh, this one guy, the CEO of Snap-on, told the Wall Street Journal that his company rejected mandates for fear of angering workers, and instead they offer incentives for getting vaccinated, including time off. Other companies pay bonuses for vaccination rather than angering their employees. Walmart offers 150 bucks for getting a shot. Steelmaker Cleveland Cliff sweetens the pot with four figures they give their employees. Creative thinking, right? But when you start mandating stuff, all you need is a printer. That's it. And now you can, you can make your own fugazi and just bring it in. What are these bars and restaurants going to do? Are they going to have the ability to, to, to check the CDC database? Of course not. 
So now, let's think back to Philadelphia. Tonight at midnight, this dumb rule applies. That unless a place requires vaccination, they now have to have everybody mask up. Staff and everybody else. So back to a way to force vaccination mandates on everybody. Now, I go in with my Fugazi vaccination card. What are they going to do? They're going to check. They're going to check now the CDC. Go online, cdc.gov, enter my, my number and see if it's real. Of course they're not going to do that. Of course they're not going to do that. This is why this is so stupid. And also, obviously, this is another reason why uh, requiring this is bad because what happens eventually is that when people feel that they've lost their free will, then what happens basically then is that people wind up feeling like it doesn't matter. They just they just stop trying. And so that means then if, if, if people need to get the optional booster shot maybe or if people need to do the extra step, they wind up not trying because they think, well, if it's really that important, the government will force me. So I'm not going to worry about it. Whenever you force people to do something, you better keep forcing them to do it. Otherwise, they don't think it's important enough because you haven't forced them to do it. It's also why people still smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol because the thinking always is, well, if it's that bad, they'd ban it. They ban everything else, right? No, of course not. I mean, the, the government doesn't ban that stuff because they need the fazools, but if that's what they think. They, so somebody walks around and they smoke cigarettes, and I've heard this argument before. You go, don't you think that's bad for you? They go, well, how bad could it be? It's legal. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, think of all the things that aren't legal. Trans fats, heroin, sugar, <laughs> soon, I guess. Well, the sugar lobby's kind of tough, but you know what I mean. They're They're pretty solid, but... I wish the trans fat lobby had been around. Donuts have never tasted the same since they banned trans fats. You realize that? But no, I mean, there are people that, that will drink, they'll drink Everclear. It's like, what, 190 proof or something like that? And you go, you know that stuff can make you blind, right? Ah, come on. If this was bad, the government would ban it. Yeah, you got a good point there. So this is the problem with mandates. It's the problem with bans. It's the problem with all of it. But also, as, as an American I don't want the government forcing something in my arm, in anyone's arm. That's a choice that needs to be left to me. As we're talking about all this, Hawaii has now reimposed COVID-19 restrictions as the Delta variant surges. So listen to this, Hawaii. A state in the United States of America will now be limiting social gatherings effective immediately. And here's what they're going to do now. According to uh, Governor David Iggy, Indoor capacity for bars, gyms, restaurants, and social establishments will be capped at 50%. 50%. And all those other mandates, too. Indoor gatherings will be limited to 10 people, 25% of this, 25% of that. All this stuff that's going to be happening now in the state of Hawaii. So basically, the state of Hawaii has stricter limits than the United States southern border. Think about that for a second. As an American citizen in the state of Hawaii, you can't gather with more than 25 of your friends or 10 of your friends, whatever whatever the latest requirement is. It keeps changing. But if you want to come in on the southern border, then you can come in with hundreds of your friends, thousands of your friends every day. I'm glad that NBC News and CBS are finally reporting on the crisis at the border. It's nice to see finally. But it's like the same thing with Cuomo and the nursing homes. It was tinfoil hat stuff 10 minutes ago, and now suddenly they're all talking about it. And it's only when the big three, you know what it says? It's only when the big three media talk about something, CBS, NBC, and ABC, that suddenly it's no longer tinfoil hat stuff. I don't know if Phil Murphy over in his uh, Italian villa has recognized the fact that his comments about the border being tinfoil hat stuff is actually just a gigantic lie. It's actually a gigantic lie. 
You know, the other day I said revenge is a dish best served cold. And I was I was reminded that it, this is a great line from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, according to a study that came out today, most people prefer their revenge right away. Are you one of them? Revenge, I want it hot and savory. According to a bunch of people, they did a, a, a Department of Psychology. They did a little study at this one college. And what they found at the College of Humanities and Sciences in a release is that most people want their revenge right away. That's right. Quick payback. Not me. I like meticulous plotting. I'm not in a rush. I still believe revenge is a dish best served cold. I'll wait. I got time. Give me a couple years. I have no, I'm in no rush because I think it's more satisfying then. I actually do. I think it's more satisfying to get my revenge when they, they've forgotten about it. And then you remind them at the same time. You're getting revenge and then you remind them at the same time. You go, oh, oh, you forgot about this? Well, I didn't. Uh, speaking of um, <clears throat> ridiculous policies, the state of Oregon is one of the most liberal states in America. And the governor there, Kate Brown, is a lunatic. She signed a bill last month ending the requirement for high school students to prove proficiency in reading, writing, and arithmetic before graduation. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So you no longer now have to prove that you can read, write, or do basic math before you graduate. I know. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, this is a joke, right? No, it's not. And I'll tell you why. Because apparently, people who are Black, Latino, Latinx, Indigenous, Asian, Pacific Islander, tribal, or students of color can't do those things. They're incapable of reading, writing, and arithmetic. I kid you not. This is the argument here. Uh, Backers argue the existing proficiency levels for math and reading presented an unfair challenge for students who do not test well. So did you know that black, Latino, Latinx, indigenous, Asian, Pacific Islander, tribal, and students of color do not test well? I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't know that. So all of these people are idiots, apparently, and only white people can do tests. Only white people can do these things. How is this not the most racist thing you've ever heard in your life? Could you you imagine this? This is the state of Oregon basically saying that only white kids are capable of doing of doing good on tests, doing well on tests. Doing good, doing well. Anyway, uh, that's what they're basically saying right now. Right? I mean, isn't that what they're saying? They're saying the testing that has been done in the past doesn't tell us what we what we want to know, said Democrat Senator Lou Frederick. We've been relying on tests that have been, frankly, very flawed and relying too much on them so that we aren't really helping the students or the teachers or the community. So, so now what we're doing here basically is we're saying, all right, dumbasses, go out into the world even though you can't prove you know how to read, write, or do math. Go ahead. And we don't want to challenge you because you know what? If you're black, Latino, Latinx, indigenous, Asian, Pacific Islander, tribal, or a student of color, we don't think you can do these things anyway, so go out into the world and have fun. I mean, this, this is, what this is is discrimination. It's racism and discrimination playing out right now. That's exactly what the state of Oregon's doing. You're lowering standards for people of certain ethnicities and made-up ethnicities because Latinx is a made-up term. It's a, fake, it's a fake thing. Nobody who's Latin calls themselves Latinx. It's one of those dumb things that was made up by some, some woke, elitist white professor in a university somewhere. You know who said that? James Carville. Yeah, James Carville said that. The Raging Cajun. He said, no, nobody says Latinx. Nobody talks like that. Except our high and mighty liberal professors. He's right. He's right. 
Are you missing Cuomo already like I am? You know who said that? I said that. That's one of my favorite lines. <clears throat> you know who said that? I said that. So, oh, I'm going to miss that guy. Anyway, uh, I just don't know how anybody could look at this policy in Oregon and, and think that that's not incredibly, incredibly, incredibly racist. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Also, don't you want to make sure kids can read, write, and do math before they graduate? Isn't that kind of an important thing? I would think so. I would think. God, we're living in nutty times, aren't we? I mean, really, really nutty, nutty, nutty times. And, I mean, to prove how nuts it is, Chris Cuomo still has a job. <laughs> right? I mean, just to prove you how nuts things are right now, Chris Cuomo, the lesser Cuomo, still has a job on CNN, talking about maybe his brother. I'm just saying. Governor uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer of uh, Michigan, who I think should be in jail, uh, President Joe Biden was talking to her in some sort of a Zoom thing or other. He uh, called her Jennifer. Her name is Gretchen. What are you going to do? That means for Michigan, if I'm looking at my notes here, you're going to receive $110 million for the expansion of EV, of EV charging networks. So I just think hopefully this makes people realize if the auto workers and the automobile executives can get together and form this kind of alliance, I think we're making some real progress. But thank you, Jennifer, for what you've done and continue to do. And Mr. Mayor, Jerry, I don't want to get you in trouble out in Fresno, California, for letting you know I actually like the Republicans. But uh, um, you've done a hell of a job. I'm anxious to hear about your electric buses later. But anyway, the floor is yours, Jerry. Yeah, and Jennifer uh, is actually Gretchen. You know, I, can't, I make that mistake all the time. My sister's name is Jennifer. I call her Gretchen all the time. I really do. That's what, that's what happens all, all the time. <laughs> I really, I, I think, I think honestly, these people are crazy. Uh, all right, so you want to hear something nuts? My friend Johnny Cook. So Johnny Cook is a musician. And a big libertarian, Johnny's been a member of the Zioli Army since day one. And Johnny keeps me honest, because whenever I start to go down the road of being some sort of authoritarian conservative or a pro-war conservative, which I'm not those things, but he'll always call me out on it, which is good. So Johnny, who does our music, by the way, he does the official Zioli show music. Like this, you know, and the opening music. Politics, right? culture. That's the opening, but the music, yeah. Johnny did it. Good man. Anyway, he sent me this... Uh, he always makes fun of NPR because NPR is beyond parody. You want to hear NPR talk about Robin being gay? You want to hear this? So your tax dollars pay for this. I just want you to know that. After I'm 80 always, years, Hang on a second. Batman. Chill out, NPR lady. So your tax dollars pay for this. I'm always amazed. I drive down 95 and see these big billboards. You know, they go, news, not noise, or something stupid like that. And I always think, these are my tax dollars at work. National Public Radio. Why do we still have this? Can anyone explain this to me, why we still have National Public Radio in this day and age? We're, we've got, literally, you wonder how many podcasts there are, and thank you for subscribing to this one. And please, if you are getting this through the normal Zioli Show podcast, like if you're getting all the morning show podcasts and you get this one too, would you please take a moment and, 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 and also subscribe to my podcast even though you're getting this now, you're not going to be getting this forever. You're going to have to subscribe to it. But there are 750,000 podcasts right now out there. Why do we need NPR? There are 750,000 podcasts, and we still fund national public radio so we can get riveting radio like this because we're all waiting to find out how Robin has now come out as gay. Batman sidekick. I know I've been waiting for this moment, haven't you? Go ahead. 
After 80 years, Batman's trusted sidekick finally had his coming out moment. And the latest comic, Robin, whose real name is Tim Drake, accepts a male friend's offer to go on a date. Many fans of the character have been looking forward to this. Tim struggled with identity. He knows who he is when it comes to vigilantism, but this was a space where it felt the most correct. This was the next moment for him. That's Megan Fitzmartin. She's the writer for this series of DC Comics. The significance, I think, has been others seeing themselves in the character and and feeling seen and cared for in a way that speaks to something that they've seen for a long time. Robin made his first appearance back Mm -hmm. in 1940. In 1940, which back then, maybe there was a reason to have NPR, although I doubt it. And as I'm listening to this, I keep thinking to myself, this is a joke, right? I made this up. This is a, a bit. I made this. This isn't real. I'm mocking NPR. Yes, Robin um, was very curious uh, all those years of wearing tights and his underwear on top of his tights uh, and very, very uh, curious. And um, and then he would peruse up. Uh, but it took him 80 years uh, to finally uh, decide to uh, experiment. And uh, I mean, you're going, this is you're, this is you're making this up, right? Zioli, you're pulling my leg here. He's not the first comic book superhero to come out as queer, but he is by far the most high profile one. Robin? North Star Batwoman. Robin's the most high profile. He's not even the real Robin, by the way. He's like the third Robin. The the first Robin's dead. Dick Grayson. This is like Tim somebody or other. I know all this because my Marvel advisor, Brian Glass, fills me in on all this stuff. And Brian sent me a flurry of emails today. It's funny, I was making fun of this on the morning show because this is the stupidest thing ever. Oh, let me tell you what this is. This is DC Comics trying to virtue signal and be woke to get some attention. That's all this is. And I'm only giving them attention to mock them. But just to let you know, this Robin, gay Robin, is the third Robin, Tim Drake. So it's not even the first Robin. It's the lesser Robin. It's it, the it's the least Robin, actually, because the lesser Robin would be the second Robin. This is the, this is the least Robin. Boy, NPR, this is what we pay. This is your tax dollars here. Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, Iceman, Apollo, Midnighter. But you notice something about all those names. They're not necessarily household names. Right. That's Glenn Weldon, host of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. He has always been a Robin who thinks too much. So it makes sense that his coming up process is also marked by mm. a kind of uh, deeply mm. introspective yes, he, self-analysis um, thinks, that uh, finds him trying to... So much. To... He puts on his tights and decides, um, why, why, do I attack the Joker or the Riddler or maybe the Penguin? Perhaps um, perhaps I will uh, go after Penguin, uh, not Catwoman. I'll let Batman do that since he's straight. And uh, I will... Uh, I'll, I'll, very cerebral uh, Robin is Commissioner Gordon calls, and I, does he take the call or not? It's, uh, he thinks about it, and then he looks around the back cave, and he thinks to himself, this is a cave. Uh, what are the humidity levels like in here? Or perhaps my allergies are acting up because I'm in a back cave. Okay. Reconcile his heart mm. and his head. Yes. So how are fans responding? Belen Ortega is the comics illustrator, and she told us that social media feedback she's gotten has been very positive. Oh. Mostly is people feeling that they were in the same situation that Tim Drake was. They're in the same situation Tim Drake was? You mean they put on tights and fight crime? Really? Good for them. I applaud. You know, we need more of that. I, I I actually encourage that. I want more vigilantes. So <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. That's fantastic. This whole time I thought, who's putting on tights and fighting crime? Now I find out all these people on social media and they all identify with Tim Drake because lo and behold, 
They're, they're hunting down, and we need it now more than ever, by the way. If you've noticed, our cities are tearing themselves apart, like in every Batman movie, only it's real. And they're shooting each other. And so, I, I, good. If social media feels like they can identify with Tim Drake, I say suit up and go out there and fight. So this was like a reflection for mm. themselves. Robin's journey will continue in the next issue, which comes out in December. You know, I heard the Joker's very homophobic. I did. I think there's, there's going to be a whole episode on that. How the Joker's re- wrestling with his own homophobia, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what an idiot. Can you believe they actually did a segment on that? Can you? Th- th- so just so you know, I've been a Marvel guy because DC has gone downhill terribly ever since they made Ben Affleck Batman. I'm not even kidding. And horrible Justice League movies and Aquaman and terrible stuff. And they've been losing so much money that this is their little way of getting attention to make Robin gay so that they get an NPR story speaking of the lesser Chris Cuomo uh, threatened to have a Fox News reporter arrested because he dared to ask him questions about whether or not he should be really covering his brother. Well, I still can't believe the fact that uh, the lesser Cuomo still has a job. This to me is amazing. You know, I think about his brother, Andrew, now who's going to be the the ex-governor in two weeks and I think about Vax and Scratch Vax and scratch, and you don't me- don't take don't mess with COVID. Who said that? I said that. I'm not perverted. I'm just Italian. I'm not perverted. I'm Italian. He actually said that. I'm not perverted. I'm Italian. Anyway, the lesser Cuomo was confronted uh, uh, outside his marina in East Hampton, New York, because obviously he's a man of the people. So he was at his marina in East Hampton, New York, in the Hamptons, and they asked him if he's spoken to his brother. Here, take a look. You want to hear a little bit of this? Here, let's see if I can have the, uh, the audio of this here. Let's see if we can take a little bit of the lesser Cuomo here being confronted by, uh, by, by uh, the Fox News reporter here. I, I wouldn't say confronted is actually the thing. That's the thing. I got to, you know, with all this stuff, you don't want to say confronted because it's a reporter asking a guy who's the subject of the news right now a question. Of course, in the Lesser Cuomo's mind and CNN's mind, that's confronting him. Have you him. spoken to your brother today, sir? Of course. Did you advise him to step down? Are you continuing to advise him? Do you think that's an ethical conflict? I think you got a job to do, and I'm letting you do it. Thank you, sir. Is your brother coming to East Hampton? Yes, if you wait here, he'll be here in five minutes. Thank you. Do you think he'll be accepted in East Hampton? Do you believe the women, sir? Got a big truck. He's got a big truck with a big engine. Do you believe the the lesser Cuomo. You know what? This is what. Did you hear the sound of his engine starting? This, this is a guy who's got to compensate for some things. You know what I mean? That, I think he had that engine souped up for sure. Let's go back and hear the engine again just one more time. Sometimes people in life with certain, they got to overcompensate. I'm just going to say they got to find other ways to compensate. So let, let's go back to him starting his car here. Here we go. He's walking to his car. He's in flip-flops. Gets in his car. Gets in his Do you believe the women's stories? Tough guy needs a pickup truck like that, right? Malign them. Do you think there should be investigation in CNN? 
He was coming off his boat in Sag Harbor, New York, and he told the guy he could have him arrested, but he's going to let him do his job. Isn't that nice of him? So nice of him. I think it's pretty interesting how angry little Brian Stelter is at uh, Chris Cuomo, because really what he's doing is he's hurting his credibility. Uh, Brian Stelter, of course, who does the CNN, he's, he's all about credibility for CNN, and now he's really upset, uh, really upset, that he's uh, he's losing credibility because of the lesser Cuomo. And okay, look, can you blame the guy? I can't. I mean, come on. Let me turn my attention to Jen Saki as we wrap up the afternoon update podcast. Aren't you glad you're here? All the things you're getting this afternoon that you might have been missing. So thank you for listening and subscribing. And please, if you would, make a nice little review if you would. All right, here's Jen Saki. Remember when Joe Biden was sowing all that doubt back in the campaign about the vaccine? If it was Trump's vaccine, he wouldn't take it. He and Kamala Harris were sowing all this doubt. And I've told you, and we've given you the numbers on this, that the group in America that right now is the most vaccine hesitant happens to be African-Americans, not MAGA, despite what they tell you. So Peter Ducey today asked Jen Psaki about when Biden was sowing doubt about vaccines during the campaign. And as the president tries to reach unvaccinated Americans, has there been any thought given looking back to the possibility that he may have created some vaccine hesitancy when last year, around this time, the previous administration was rushing to get a vaccine authorized. And the now president said, I trust vaccines, I trust scientists, but I don't trust Donald Trump. And at this moment, the American people can't either. Well, I think it's safe to say he still doesn't trust Donald Trump. So that hasn't changed. Oh, sick burn. Uh, the president today asked OPEC to pump more oil. Did you know that uh, they canceled the Keystone XL pipeline? You you might have heard that, right? They canceled the Keystone XL pipeline? Yeah, they did. And uh, because of that, now they also canceled drilling in Anwar and a lot of other places too. So now here's the thing. Jen Psaki was asked about this and Jen Psaki uh, was asked about why, you know, as they're, as they're asking OPEC now to pump more oil, what, what has Biden done to actually increase United States production? domestically that the U.S. would consider to do to incentivize increased production here? Well, I would also note that um, that uh, our NEC director, I should say, sent a letter to the FTC as well, encouraging them to consider looking at available tools to monitor the U.S. gasoline market. As you know, what we've seen, this isn't the first time this has happened, but even as oil prices go down, gas prices take a longer time to come down. Now, gas prices are still uh, aligned with where they were back in 2018. But we know this is going to be, a, and they often go up in the summer. We've seen that trend over and over again. But this is a long-term issue, and we want to send the clear message that we are going to take steps, uh, whether they are using the bully pulpit or otherwise, to make sure we are uh, going after anti-competitive right. behavior. But that is a different question than increasing production. You're asking OPEC to increase production. Is there anything the U.S. U.S. producers uh, can do to increase production, or the U.S. administration can, would, would consider doing to make U.S. more? US oil. Well, that, that wasn't an ask we made. I, the point I, we've made in these uh, these communications is that uh, we do have the supply. We're not making a supply question here. Or we're not posing a supply question domestically. Obviously, OPEC has its own unique role on the global marketplace. You didn't answer the question about what Biden's doing to increase oil production as he's asking OPEC to make more oil. You see, this is the problem right now. The United States of America, by by limiting our oil supply, we have now created a problem where we need more of it, and now we have to rely on the rest of the world to make more oil for us to use. And that, of course, emboldens some very, very bad people. Bad dictators 
People like Putin and people in the Middle East who are bad, 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 bad people. But we could have our own oil, and at one point we were the world's largest exporter of oil until Joe Biden came along. And then when Joe Biden came along, he decided, you know what, I'm going to let the people who are crazy in my party run the show, and I'm going to get rid of all of our oil exploration, new oil exploration, and fracking and natural gas too. We're going to do this because I'm going to let the people running the Green New Deal lead this party. Joe Biden is not in charge. Joe Biden is not in charge. Joe Biden wants to think he's in charge because they tell him he's in charge, but he's not in charge. You know it and I know it. Joe New Biden is merely a figurehead. He's They're pulling the strings. And as a result of this now, prices on everything are going up everywhere. Even CNN is forced to acknowledge right now inflation is hitting everything. CNN in what Rush used to call a random act of journalism, is now reporting that, yes, everything, prices on everything going up in the United States of America. Inflation, how much prices just increased last month. Chief business correspondent Christine Romans with the latest, how much, how bad, Rush? Yeah, confirming, John and Brianna, what anybody who has bought anything already knows, prices for just about everything are going up. In the month, up 0.5% from June to July. That's a, that's a steep one month move when you strip out the volatile food and energy sectors, an inflation gain of 0.3%. But I like to look at it year over year so you get a sense of just how much more expensive things are today Good. than they were a year ago. And inflation up 5.4%. You saw a similar increase last month, so that's two months of really hot inflation numbers. Going through the categories, just about anything you eat costs more, whether you Mm -hmm. buy groceries, all kinds of groceries, or you go out to a restaurant. Uh, We also saw gas prices rising, housing, accommodation, recreation, health care. This is how you build back better, apparently. Did you know that? I didn't know that. This is how you build back better, America. That's right. This is what happens when you have people who are in charge who are crazy, who are crazy. Now, I can also tell you as uh, as the day goes on and we're watching the inflation numbers hitting consumers, Biden gave a speech today at the White House. And in that speech, he tried to say that everything is great. Everything's great. Consumer price index is fantastic. Everything's fantastic. Everything's great. He also said today, now listen to this now. This this is amazing. You're going to love this. Today, I'm pleased to share more good news with the American people. Okay. The latest report on consumer price shows, prices show that we've expanded some easing, uh, we, excuse me, the expected easing we thought was going to come has increased, that we are, we've seen a good monthly report. Uh, oh, um, uh, uh, what, what? Does any, anybody, uh, Bueller, Bueller, what, one more, one more time if you can translate for me, I'd. I'd be so grateful here. Today, I'm pleased to share more good news with the American people. The latest report on consumer price shows, prices show, that we've expanded some easing, uh, we, excuse me, the expected easing we thought was going to come has increased, that we are, we've seen a good monthly report. Uh uh uh-huh okay all right well that's very helpful then thank you uh mr president we really uh, truly appreciate that i i think um i mean i have no idea what 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 the hell you're talking about but thank you very much everything is expensive now inflation is running high car rentals are up 73 73.5 percent gas 41.8 percent used cars 41.7 percent hotels 24 percent airfare 19 percent dresses 18 percent pork roast 14%, 14%, bacon 11%, don't you touch my bacon, fish 8.5%, and 
New cars, 6.4%. Rent is up, of course. Everything is up right now in America. And Joe Biden's out there going, hey, this is how you build back better. People can't afford things right now. And it's going to cause major economic problems. You know this, and I know this. And what he's going to do, though, is he's going to add some things to his um, to his Build Back Better plan. So if you need, because Bernie Sanders has been saying this, everybody Bernie Sanders knows is toothless and they can't hear. Well, Joe Biden's going to fix that. A relative or a loved one. <clears throat> For those who get their health insurance through the Affordable Care Act, the American Rescue Plan allowed us to cover more people at lower premiums and lower premiums by average of 40%. In my Build Back Better plan, we want, we want to build on that progress or prescription drugs. Right now, we pay the highest prescription drug cost prices of any developed nation in the world, the highest. My Build Back Better plan is going to lower prediction, prediction, prescription what? drug costs oh, okay. by finally giving Medicare the power to negotiate the prices of the drug they purchased for the American people. All right. Saving Americans hundreds of billions of dollars. On top of that, my plan would add hearing, dental, and vision benefits to Medicare. Right now, there are hundreds of thousands of Americans who need home and community-based care services. And my plan expands home care for older Americans and people with disabilities while improving jobs and the pay for the workers who care for them. Mm. My plan will also provide access to quality, affordable child care with new and upgraded child care facilities all across the country. Wow. Class families will pay no more than 7% of their income for highly qualified government care for children indoctrination up to camps the age of five. for children. That's the what most that hard is. Pressed working families uh-huh. will not pay a dime. See that? Get the Today, kids in indoctrination camps soon. My Council soon. of Economic Advisors and the Office of Management and Budget released a report. Now, all of these things that Biden is offering everybody, all of this is part of a gigantic $4.1 trillion spending package, which Republicans enabled by voting for the infrastructure bill. And they all capitulated on this, knowing that the Democrats were going to turn around and pass their $4.1 trillion massive socialist plan. Now, you need to understand, this plan is the most radical expansion of government in our nation's history since FDR. And we are now fully embracing socialism from the federal government. It's not an exaggeration. It's here. We're there. Under this guise of giving everybody everything that Biden's talking about, including more child care, get the kids early, pay for child care, early education, all the way up to free community college and everything in between. We have now embraced the largest handout state government we've ever seen in our lives. And we knew it was coming and the Republicans knew it was coming and they went along with it anyway. All right, listen, have a great rest of your day today. Hope you enjoy the podcast. If you did, please leave a nice review. If you didn't, keep it to yourself. No, really, because you know what Mama Zioli always says, right? You can't say something nice. Vax and scratch. Vax and scratch. See you tomorrow morning.
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 